0: Hey, this is Delitra. Hey everybody, this is Angela and you're listening to Nutrient Sisters,
1: a podcast dedicated to helping you learn how to nourish your body and soul. Welcome to another episode of Nutrient Sisters. My name is Angela. My co-host is Delitra. If this is your first time listening, then let me just say that you're in for a real treat tonight. So we hope you enjoy listening. Tis the season on Nutrient Sisters um, for uh, guests. And tonight is no exception. We have with us tonight a special guest who actually is a podcaster herself. Um, Everyone, please welcome Katie Gilbertson. She has um, a master's in clinical counseling, and she runs a private practice for mental health support. She focuses on boundaries, shame, self-esteem, relationships, and trauma. Those are, those are huge. Um, as a result, she started Shame Rebel, a podcast that focuses on stories of how shame has impacted us socially and culturally and ways to heal from it. In both Katie's professional and personal life, shame around body and food was prevalent in how she viewed her self worth, abilities, intelligence, and overall value in relationships. She has made it her mission to spread the word on her on body acceptance and promote awareness of internalized fat phobia. Uh, Katie, welcome. I um, actually I listened to an episode on your podcast. I think it was uh, I can't remember the name. It was about. Uh, Escaping religious shame, mm-hmm. um, and then you had a member of the LGBT community who was on there, and I really liked that episode. So I, this is just a shout out for you, but um, <laughs> for all of our fans, I I suggest that you listen to her podcast as well because it was it was beautiful. So
2: thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to be here. It's so funny as as you said, welcome. I like waved and I was like, oh, we're 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 just audio. It's cool. I don't have to do that. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, most of it was in that intro, but um, Mm. I started kind of working on my own body acceptance journey about two to three years ago. And um, ever since I've been doing uh, a lot of intentional work in my um, private practice with clients around body acceptance, kind of like shame and um, really looking at cultural and social messages and kind of how those impact us and how we view our bodies. So um, so that's kind of been my last couple of years around body shame in particular, but okay. I, yeah, I do I do a lot of work in the mental health field and I just kind of branch that out into shame rebel for podcasting, because I wanted to meet people I wouldn't meet otherwise. So right. Do
1: you feel like that? Um, I guess with your personal experience with body shame or, or food acceptance, I'm not sure what you want, prefer to call that. But mm-hmm. do you feel like um, that's what kind of led you into being a mental health counselor? Or was it just you mm-hmm. just like doing it?
2: Not at all, because I refused to look at my body shame until I was in the work. And then I was like, oh, I need to d- look at this. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't really start looking at my own uh, body shame, food shame stuff until I was interning in grad school to be a clinician. And then um, it just kind of... I don't know what it was. It must have just been like the timing and everything just made sense for me to start opening up to that. And then mm-hmm. once I did, I was like, "Oh, I can relate so much to what my clients are bringing in."
0: Yeah, right. And I had a question um, about you know your your niche. I guess being body shame and food shame. Um, well, and Angel mentioned those other things too. But I always wonder how you specialize in those topics are there is there special training for that or do you get experience from working with different clients that have those issues
2: sure yeah um it can come from everywhere I have taken um sadly only online classes so far because of the pandemic but um, uh, but you can you can go and get certified in certain trainings um, okay. but I just started I, w- I was meeting with I think her technically I think she's a dietitian but she's also called a body trust provider which I think is mm. really cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was working with her and just a lot of stuff that I learned in my own personal work with her I just moved right over into my professional work. Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never heard of that title. Me neither. Before. Yeah, and I think it's a certification you can get, but I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. And I'm glad to hear,
0: Katie, with myself being a dietitian, that there is a dietitian um, that you refer to um, that does that kind of work. It's really needed in the profession. <laughs> we needed so bad um, in the nutrition mm-hmm. field. So I'm glad that there are providers out there that specialize with that and help out with patients. Um, But bringing it down to kind of like the foundation, the core, maybe for some listeners that don't know about, you know, terms like fat shaming or fat phobia, what Mm -hmm. is that? Like, what does that look like?
2: Yeah. So, um, I feel like fat phobia is a harder concept for folks when they're first learning about all of this because Mm -hmm. so much of, so fat phobia is what it sounds. It's like the fear of, um, it can be like the fear of being fat, the fear of like just having a larger body, seeing larger bodies, like lots of, there's a lot that goes into it. But I think fat phobia is really used in the like, um I hear it more often in the anti-diet culture than I do in diet culture but uh when we're talking about fat phobia it's really about looking at what kind of internalized messages do I have about my body and its size um mm. and so for me it was like as I was kind of opening my eyes to things I I never heard the word fat phobia until I worked with my dietitian I had never mm. like really even realized how much I had internalized about my body and the amount of fat on it and even just the word fat mm. so um, so a lot of it is just kind of looking at do we have shame around those concepts and and um, you know kind of, For me, it's like looking at if, for example, the word fat, like, can I just use that as a descriptive word as opposed to it coming with all of the negative connotations it has?
1: Yeah. Well, so, and maybe, maybe this is more for like a historian, but like, when did this stuff start? Because I feel like, um, I always see people that, you know, they'll talk about like, well, you know, back in the day, um, bigger bodies were preferred, and, and when I mean back in the day, I'm talking like kings, queens, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. n- like golden ages. But like, um, and then over time, um, we've kind of like warped our idea of what it means to be like beautiful. And, and we equate that to being skinny now. And so it's like, when did this all start? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um.
2: I don't necessarily have, like, an exact, like, date uh, for that, but I do remember in one of my trainings that they had talked about exactly what you mentioned, where before it was, like, a sign of wealth to have, like, a a larger body because you had access to resources and food and things that other people didn't, right? right? Then um, in my training, I was taught that... uh, As soon as food, this is totally messed up. As soon as food became more accessible to everybody, it it was no longer kind of like that higher status... Kind of piece. And it it mm. switched into, well, now the resources that people necessarily can't afford or have don't have access to are things like personal trainers, diet programs, mm. um, you know, that like all that kind of stuff. And so because um, there's a lot of money that's made there. Um, right. So that's kind of where that I don't know what time period that really happened. But that that's where I saw that major shift in the um, the stuff I've been learning. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I feel like we. Well, I don't know your age, but I'll I'll say me and Delicia, (laughs) because we're the same age. So Delicia and I kind of grew up like. Like 2000s like we all saw the really skinny yeah. you know like Kate Moss mm-hmm. and like you know Naomi Campbell like those were like the real skinny girls yeah. America's then, Next Top Model right. yes yeah. yes yeah. problematic yeah. but it was so entertaining right. but um <laughs> <it really was. laughs> yeah but now I feel like there's such a switch because um it's it's we want curvy bodies but curvy doesn't always equate to fat i guess Mm -hmm. um
0: yeah yeah it's just it seems like we're, we're ever changing um and i thought about that too like how being bigger was associated with wealth back in the day and then how we have like marilyn monroe her body was something that was praised um and then it seemed I I don't know, just looking like it seemed like after that time period, they just got skinnier and skinnier. And I don't know if it had to do with drugs because, you know, the whole 60s, 70s (laughs) situation. Um, And so I'm not sure if that that was a factor as well. And to Angela's point, now how things have even got even more complex to me, I think, because at least in the black community, let me I'm, I'm gonna speak for y'all that you know now it's more like you want to be slim thick you want to be curvy mm. in certain areas but then skinny in other areas um, and it's really I let me say my opinion here is it's unrealistic from what I see um, mm-hmm. to have that kind of body like usually I, th- I was talking to somebody a couple years ago that, envied my, my breast size. Like, oh man, I wish I had big boobs. Um, you know, but she had a big butt. And I was like, well, I don't have a big butt. Um, she was like, yeah, but I want to have both. And I'm like, I don't really see a lot of women that have both, usually. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of give a little side-eye. Like, <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> it's like either or sometimes. So, and there are some women that have, you know, all of that and they're natural, that's fine, whatever. But I find like it's more rare to have this kind of body. And then it just seems unrealistic for us to even um, aspire to have something that seems so difficult to have. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, right. I feel like, so Katie, what What do you feel like is like your main, um, I guess like target audience or like, cause I feel like, so I'll, I'll speak personally. I have a lot of older adults and they're the ones that are usually, I'll say more fat phobic. Mm-hmm. I feel like women in their 50s, 60s are like, Oh my gosh! You know yeah. I'm, I'm getting fat, and and um, what do you think? Who are who are the people that you f- feel like you primarily work with? Mm-hmm. Um,
2: the majority are probably women, specifically in their mm-hmm. probably I'd say 30s to 40s. Okay, um, but I've also had like 15, 16 year olds on my couch saying the same mm-hmm. thing, um, mm-hmm. and I've had like the same like uh, older um, women as well like I feel like it just kind of runs <laughs> the whole
1: yeah you know yeah. age
2: range because yeah. you know a big thing that I talk about with my clients is generational trauma and so mm-hmm. you know if their grandparents parents are having these internalized messages of fat phobia they're passing it down to, the younger generations too so mm-hmm. it might look different um or it, there might be different like language for it but I feel like it's there no matter what generation so mm-hmm. okay yeah um, yeah that makes sense yeah and I will say you know usually when I talk about this I'm talking about like women or female identified folks mostly but like Men have talked about it with me, too. I have an episode on my podcast that where a man specifically t- talked about, you know, being called portly by his doctor. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's a, it's a human issue. It's not a gendered issue. Okay. Now,
1: well, that's good to know, though. Yeah, because that- I feel like a lot of people just equate it to just women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think it looks different for each, you know,
2: everyone has their own experience with it, but there's definitely some kind of body shame going on for everyone i think
0: right I, th- I think a lot of people have the pressure to have the perfect body whatever that is mm-hmm. um and maybe i'm just hyper aware of, of the women's experiences i am a woman and i notice, like on magazine covers it's always talking about losing weight how mm-hmm. to and, and whatever mm-hmm. type of wording that they have it lose 15 pounds now get us Uh, a smaller stomach this way exercise yourself to skinny this summer like it just a bombard of messages um and that just made me think of when you're saying how it's gener, how it can be generational so the messaging that you get there from your family and then the messaging that you get from society and how you have to deal with those messages
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because like I think like two years ago, like dad bods were a thing, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, and they're not, you know, they're not like you know muscular and in shape. They're that's like promoting a bigger body, you mm-hmm, know. Right. So yeah, that is really interesting, actually. Yeah, and and I found it interesting too with actresses
2: or or singers who you know recently have lost a lot of weight, and that the conversations. Are like half on the side of praise and the other half on the side of like I'm disappointed because I was happy to have like representation mm-hmm. um, for larger bodies and so it can get really complicated and messy when we're just talking about um, what people's bodies represent and and just kind of how people I guess connect with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. I didn't think about the other side where people are like, "Okay, well, now you
0: no longer uh, represent me, which I think I feel like I saw that with the comedian before she she lost weight and now she does like um, exercise, like dancing videos and things like that. Hmm. And I think I do remember like when she first started to lose weight that she used to do, um, I guess, skinny shaming jokes. That was her bit. Um, and her fan was telling her that she can no longer do that because she looks just like the people that she was making fun of
2: for,
0: and how she would no longer support her, uh, for that. Um, but we talked about Angela and I, we talked about Adele, um, on another episode and how that is still in the news. (laughs) Like her, Mm -hmm. her weight and her body is just a huge topic. Um, And then I saw, I think her name is Rebel Wilson. Mm -hmm. Um, I know she's a comedic actress and she's lost weight and just the obsession uh, Mm -hmm. with that and every phase of that and Jonah Hill, his weight is Uh, a huge topic for people. It's amazing how people obsess over somebody else's body frame. That, Mm -hmm. That always surprises me.
2: Yeah, I, you named the three that I had in my mind as I was talking about okay. it. So, <laughs> um, okay. Okay. because, and also how frustrating for all of them. I know part of it is that they're in the spotlight, but how right. frustrating that people are talking about their bodies instead of the work they're doing. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: right. Yeah. And like on social media, well, now I'm, I'm starting to see a, a bigger wave of people. Um, who are showing their bodies and they'll be like, hey, this is what it looks like without this filter. Mm-hmm. Or like, this is what it looks like when I'm sitting down and you can see my rolls. Or like, this is, yeah. what it, you know, this is what a normal person looks like. And I wonder if that's helpful or if that's just doing more harm. What do you think, mm-hmm.
2: Katie? That's tough. I, my first thought, so I will tell you, part of my body journey stuff has been I've always wanted to do a boudoir photo shoot. Mm-hmm. and i never did because of my body size and i did one last november yeah just oh, nice. just last month so um so okay. i bring that up because i my intention to do it was for a like self love kind of activity for me but i was totally aware that once i got my photos back i i was almost 100% guaranteeing myself that I would shame myself and judge myself for the pictures. Mm -hmm. But when I got them back, I was so happy. Um, Nice. And and so I think it just depends on what the intention is with, like, promoting the content or, like, putting that stuff out there. I think um, social media is just hard anyway because it's a great resource, but it can also cause so much shame Mm -hmm. so I kind of I don't know I feel like I'm on the fence with that question because I could see it being really helpful but depending on what's going on for the person who's consuming that stuff they might be interpreting it in not a healthy way
1: right I can understand that because there's sometimes when I look at people and I'm like really girl like you're just, a, like, you're so skinny, like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're not really, like, your message isn't really coming across sure. the right way. Because um, there are some women who are like, look at this bloat, and you're like, what? <laughs> 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 um, but but I, I understand why they're trying to do that, I guess, so I understand what you mean by being on the fence, because there's times where I'm, I'm on the fence, too, and I'm like, I don't know about this. Uh, and,
2: and I would say, too, like, for your listeners, be real intentional about the kind of people that you follow and like what their content is. Like, Angela, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, like, if somebody is saying, look at I'm super body positive, but then their behaviors and things really aren't aligning with those values, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that's not a person
1: to follow. Right. Yeah. How do you think that, or what are some things that you've noticed just through, you know, your day to day that, women will do in order to get that that perfect body idea mm. um definitely as i'm sure
2: Delitra probably runs into like restrictive eating and um mm-hmm. like not having a good relationship with food stuff um shows up a lot or kind of uh this idea of not taking up space is really big in my work, both like physically, but also just energetically. Like I, f- hmm. I find that women that I've en- engaged with, and I personally have felt it too, like try to not take up a lot of space. Um, oh, and okay. and that can definitely be correlated with whether it's your physical body or just you like being in a room with people and like not wanting to be noticed. Um hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I I I could go. I ju- could jump everywhere with that. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's been, Yeah, I guess I never realized that. Uh, that made me think
0: of the way that um bigger women are cast in Hollywood. Sometimes I see a, a typecast of someone like that super loud and social and comedic um in a way that it seems excessive to me and I could be looking into a little bit more uh, but I, I see sometimes that bigger women are typecast mm-hmm. into that super funny um, never has a romantic interest character mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, that I've noticed like, and I'm like why is that and I know they had the show what was that show on NBC mm. Mindy and Mort or something like that I, I can't remember it was two larger characters um so I was happy to see that I was like oh wow look just normal uh larger size people but I I see that's more of a rarity than than anything mm-hmm. um mm. so I don't know why taking up space that made me think of that but I know there there are larger women that they're concerned, like, you know, the like if you go to the doctor's office and the chair might not be big enough mm-hmm. for you to sit comfortably or maybe you feel like you're taking up too much space um, in the room or people stare at you um, when you go sit down somewhere thinking that some if some women have fear of breaking beds or. or breaking oh, my chairs. gosh,
2: airplanes. Yeah. I can't. Yeah the The mm. armrests don't they like lay on my hips in airplanes and really? yeah and they never used to so I noticed that recently where my body has changed and the the uh, armrest lay like on my hips and it was so uncomfortable just a couple of weeks ago I was flying and the guy sitting next to me who I would call in a thinner body was like leaning on the armrest and leaning on my hip the whole way there. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like airplanes are not designed for anyone. Like it's an uncomfortable space for everyone. It's not yeah. just mm-hmm. larger bodies. Like, and I say that cause I think a lot of shame comes for folks that like have to put up with spaces that were not built for anybody, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. But that in particular, it's like it's I didn't want to feel shame because the armrests like my hips were too big for the chairs. It's no, this just isn't built for my body. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, that's understandable because I remember when I was younger, um, I was at King's Dominion because we live in Virginia. And um, the I was on a famous roller coaster that like everyone in Virginia knows about. And um, the lady behind me. It took like five minutes for them to like kind of like just end up telling her, like, you, you're not going to be able to ride the ride. Um, cause she couldn't get the seatbelt to come all the way down, mm. um, or the lap bar, or whatever the heck it was. And, um, and I, I was too young to really know, like, you know, what she probably felt, but I do remember people laughing and ah. like pointing and yeah, so, um, yeah, so I I can understand, maybe not understand, but I hear what you're saying about the airplane. It's uncomfortable for everyone, but I'm sure that when something like that happens to you where you're like something kind of sticks out and makes it more memorable or something like mm-hmm. I'm sure it would be kind of more of a devastating thing and I could see why if it happens over and over again, you start to really connect dots, you know, in right. your brain that tells you like, you know, um you know, your self-worth is poor and your self-esteem probably tanks.
2: Yeah. I mean, I can say just with this airplane example, like there was enough shame that I still felt about it that I didn't tell the guy next to me, hey, this hurts. So Mm -hmm. like it definitely was still present, but there wasn't enough shame for me to then like beat myself up about it the whole plane ride. So hmm. I think if I hadn't been doing this work already, though, I would have totally spiraled with that emotionally. Okay. So I, you know, and, and I say that because for people that are just kind of like getting into this work or like curious about their own body stuff, um, you know, that it's you don't start off being like, oh, OK, I get the concept of fat phobia. Perfect. Then I'm I'm good. <laughs> um, right. like I I've. I've dived headfirst into this work and I still cry sometimes when I shop and pants don't fit Mm -hmm. me. And I still have these moments where I'm like, man, this really sucks. And I'm disappointed, but I definitely don't like go into it the same way I used to prior to this work. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. good. And
0: I can, you know, speak from personal experience also. And I feel like, Everybody's experiences are different, so I'm in a larger body, but I'm not um, like I haven't had that experience with the the armrest or being in uh, the roller coaster and being asked to uh, to leave because I was too large. But I do remember being in the air airplane. It's been so so long ago with COVID, um, like feeling like the seatbelt was kind of. like I struggled to really get on. And mm-hmm. I was like, Whoa, okay. Like it did, did, I change or did this change or what's happening, um, here, but really kind of panicking, um, that maybe that it wouldn't fit, or, you know, maybe I need some assistance from someone and then that's going to require people to look at me or maybe I can't be on, you know, on the plane. Cause it's just not going to fit, um, having some anxiety there or, mm-hmm. um, I have experience of being like in, like my body, I don't know where where it's going to end up (laughs) because I've been smaller, larger in between and all the above. But I do remember like once I got larger and going to the store and having some anxiety there, like, okay, these pants don't fit the way that they, they normally would or nothing here fits great. It could be too tight or too big or not. Um, it doesn't show off the shape that I want to to show off and really feeling like, wow, like I don't belong in society. There's, there's nothing here for me. Um, you know, there's just the normal body size people here. That's what they're, they're here for. And maybe I'm, I need to go to the specialty store um, that's made for very large women and, and feeling isolated. Um, and I know, you know, we've made some strides, especially with online shopping, um, There's more extended sizes available and there is some more consciousness that women, um, they're, they're not sample size. I don't know why they ever thought we were, why they ever (laughs) thought we were the models walking down the runway, but there's more extended sizes. So I'm encouraged by that. Uh, I was shocked to see that Victoria's secret has made a change now that, that was insane to me because you know, they're known for very, I mean, busty women um, to a certain extent, but very thin model type, um, runways, Mm -hmm. women, you know, with their ribs showing things like that. So when I went on their website recently and I saw plus size models and extended sizes, that really shocked me. I I was surprised, Mm -hmm. Um, but they probably should have made that change (laughs) a long time ago. I feel like they're kind of behind.
1: Right. right, it yeah. shouldn't it shouldn't have taken years for us to scream at you for you to be like, oh, yeah, totally, oh, like, it should have just come naturally. Like, hey, um, this person is in a size double zero, and that's cool. Right. Let's you know move on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly I, I boycott them as best I can.
2: Um, okay. I there are I learned in in my work with my dietitian that like maybe it's it's part of body empowerment to put your money towards companies that align with those values and okay yeah and so i like i try even even though they do have like extended sizes now um Mm -hmm. i always just wonder like okay but why now, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and so I don't know, I get a weird vibe from the whole thing. So I, but I love to shop at places like Torrid or mm-hmm. even old Navy. Like, I mean, there's lots yeah. of places that have carried plus sizes and, and in between sizes for a long yeah. time. So yeah. Old Navy has been down
0: with extended sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, it's kind of late to see how problematic, um, you know, some of, their practices has been before but that's the same thing when it came to um and I didn't think of his name last time in the last episode George Floyd and all mm. the organizations response to Black Lives Matter yes and, and now they love us and I'm like I can't trust you guys like, <laughs>
2: it's, like yeah. this before what? it's the same mm-hmm. with it's the same with pride every year now too mm. yeah. you know it's like I I get again, kind of going to the representation place of like, yes, that's needed, but also if it's just for consumerism, like that's not right. the point. So great. Right. Yeah.
0: Jumping on a back yeah. bandwagon type of situation. I'm not going right.
1: No, oh, exactly. Yeah. I feel like, um, with that though, like Deletra, you said something, you said that your body has been changing and I wish that, there was more, like, education or understanding of women's bodies in this country. Like, I feel even when we were talking to that gynecologist, um, Delita, I, I kind of thought that, too. Like, there really isn't much education. Like, we our bodies change very naturally. And it's not just because we're eating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's not just because of food. I wish people would know that. Like when I started taking birth control, like my weight went up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if I am going through depression, like my weight will go up Um, or it'll, you know, do the opposite. If I'm like really anxious and Mm -hmm. like menopause, you think about menopause, like all the, the hormonal things that happen to women in this country, like, there's so much and it's not just food related. I wish people could kind of like grasp that concept because I feel like when we think about fat people, we just automatically think they're eating McDonald's every minute of every day and they're like chugging sodas. Like it's their last, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like, that's not the case. Like Mm -hmm. some, some people are just born fat. I mean, it's just, it's just a thing. Like, um, I feel like that's what we need to learn more in this country. Less about like, um, well, I mean, we do need to be more body positive, but like to learn more about like women and their bodies mm-hmm. and how they change and how that's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a a big part of of work that I do is around health at every size. Um, I don't are either of you familiar with that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, so I so I usually use that as a lens for um like help when people initially want to start working on body shame. Um, and as soon as I introduced the concept of health at every size, almost always people are like, so you're just telling me I can eat whatever I want whenever I want and I don't have <laughs> any rules and all these things. I was like, well, no, we're looking at like what your body wants to have, what it needs to have, and then like giving yourself permission to do those things. Um I I follow this gal, I think I want to say, I was going to say where she's from, but I honestly can't remember. So I'm not going to try to lie. Um, (laughs) Her name is Victoria Wellsby. um, And she runs the Instagram called uh, Fierce Fatty. And Mm -hmm. she talks a lot about how if you give yourself permission to only eat cookies the rest of your life, eventually, you're gonna hate eating the cookies. Mm-hmm. Like, your body's not going to want it. Your taste buds are going to be over it. Emotionally, you're going to want something else. Like, our bodies are not made to just eat McDonald's and drink soda all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's this this stigma around being healthy in a larger body means you can actually be healthy in a larger body. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's not, Yeah. There's too many stereotypes. And that's why I talk about the internalized shame piece is like the fat phobia came from those things. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. yeah, it is. Yeah, because even when you look at someone like Lizzo, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. she's just been really prominent in the media. But like she's vegan. I think she's vegan or vegetarian. Um, and she's working out all the time, but she's still in a bigger body. Mm-hmm. And people are like, wait. Like, people are confused. Right. they like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, we thought the answer to being skinny was to work out and eat, you know, correct, you know, mm-hmm. norm. I don't know, you know. But, and they're learning that that's not right. That's not true. <laughs> so, I feel like it did kind of, like, warp people's perception. Like, they were like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. how can, how is that possible? Like, does she have some sort of underlying disease? You know, you're like, no. <laughs> she's just in a bigger body. Right. It's mm-hmm. okay.
0: And... I love Lizzo, but I, I really, um, how do I say this? I, I fear for her career in in the way that she just receives so much shame, all the time and criticism, and no matter what she does is correct because she's a bigger person, um, and I don't follow her like every detail to know what's happening and um, if she's vegan for ethical reasons or whatever, which is her choice. Um, but I did see her do a, uh, like a juice fast or something like mm-hmm. a few years ago. And that looked really extreme. Um, and I wondered, I was like, is she, is she, you know, feeling a lot of pressure from society or is that just something that she's doing? I don't know. Um, but i I cringe, like I, it's, it's hard for me to to even stay connected with her because of the comments. The comments are just so horrific mm-hmm. and so fat phobic and so ignorant and it just, the comments would not be the same if she was in a smaller body. Right. Um, that's sure. just a hundred percent true. And it pains me to to watch to be honest, like, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, I, I may just need to listen to her on Spotify or something like that. I, I don't know uh, if I can follow on social media because just the comments and the perceptions and assumptions are just so horrific. Like they assume she has some disease or disorder, or they're going to pick apart anything that she eats. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have sweetie with her McDonald's deal <laughs> you know right. we have Meg Vestayan who I love with her Popeyes deal <laughs> you know and mm. nobody is
1: coming for them like that that's the way that's not true though okay because I will say that I have never gone on a woman's Instagram who's fame like a famous person um and seen and and have not seen a negative comment about their body no, I don't. It could be it could be somebody really skinny. It could be somebody really fat. It could be somebody in shape. It could be somebody who's just you know living life. I, somebody always comments on on their body. Yeah, and we,
0: we're all uh, women. or you know probably men too. We're at the scrutiny of society. I'm just saying the amount of comments about weight and body. I just see it. So if if Sweetie is twerking, we're not talking <laughs> about how she should not be doing that because of her size. It's Lizzo Uh is twerking. That is disgusting. She needs to stop. What is she doing? She's taking this too far. And it's because of her body size. It's not Mm. because they don't like twerking. That's okay if you don't like twerking. (laughs) That's fine. But because she's bigger, she shouldn't be able to do it. That's gross. Come on, guys. Come on. Mm -hmm. But I do agree that, you know, no matter what, uh, somebody has something to say about you know, your body, but I'm just, I, I cringe at the way that they treat Lizzo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it really bothers me. I had to put that out there.
1: <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Katie, how do you think that women can stand up? Like if there is such a, I guess, negative, uh, environment for women, no matter what you do, how do you feel like women can stand up against those stigmas?
2: Um, well, as as you both were talking about that, I just kept thinking, like, this is exactly what I meant by internalized shame or fat phobia is mm-hmm. it's that like when I let's say I see somebody's body um, and I comment negatively on that, that might be a cue for me to check inward and be like, oh, am I commenting poorly on her because she reflects my body? or maybe there's something I'm insecure about. And so I'm taking it out on this person. You know, I, I feel like a lot of it has to start with self-awareness, which mm-hmm. can be the harder can be a hard step to, you know, kind of do on your own. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it drives me bonkers that like, we're all under very similar pressures it, or a different, but similar. And, why are we not kind of holding each other up in that we're, we're just adding to the negative kind of social norm Mm -hmm. there. So. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I hate,
0: I, I hate the, like those circles and I've experienced that at work and with uh, friendships too, where women, they just talk terribly about their bodies and then they talk, they try to roast other women about their bodies too. I hate that. And I hate that it's Mm -hmm. so normalized um, with certain women. And it can be hard to stand up against that. Like I've said stuff like, no, that's that's not okay. And they're like, oh, you're soft. You're da, da, da. It's like, no, I don't want to talk bad about myself. And I don't want to talk bad about another woman either. Mm -hmm. Like we need more of that. In society, right? We we don't need anybody else criticizing our bodies. If anything, you would think we would be more compassionate about you know each other's experience. But it's it's normalized in other circles, and it's it's very surprising
2: mm-hmm. to me. Well, and and shaming isn't strength. Like I don't find I don't feel strong when I put other people down. So yeah. you know, there's nothing like there's nothing weak about standing firm in what you believe in so um mm-hmm. so speaking up on that you know and i know that depending on the situation and who's involved like that might be scary to do and in some cases not safe um but i i encourage everybody to kind of speak up in even small ways if they can, even if that's just like with your best friend or with your parents or whoever. And, you know, and then if you can take that step to speak more broadly with other people, that'd be cool. But, but I know mm-hmm. that can't always happen. So. Yeah, it's right. It can be because
0: sorry, go ahead. it.
1: I was just going to say, we talked about a little bit about, I think in our Thanksgiving episode, how like you get in the door and your auntie's like, girl, you put some weight on, you know, you looking good. Like, and you're like, really? Like, hi, how are you? <laughs> you know, like that's that should be the first thing mm-hmm. you say.
0: Um, right. And I was going to say, sometimes it can be hard to deprogram someone who's just loaded up with all yeah. that bad messaging <laughs> and like the 30 minutes that I have, it's like, totally, Wait, yeah. no, that's, that's not cool. Why are you saying that? What is wrong with you? Uh, because obviously there is something wrong with you. If you keep spewing out that negativity about other people's bodies, asking women if they're pregnant when they're not,
2: um commenting the Ooh, that's happened to me it is not fun <laughs> no. oh really oh gosh the pregnant one yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that has happened to me as well a
0: couple years ago and the lady she came and touched my stomach oh my and she god said, no. uh, what did she say she was like Ugh. oh you're gonna have a beautiful girl oh and no, no. no. <laughs> and i said actually i'm not having any kids at all because i'm not pregnant Yeah. And she just got really quiet. I was like, what? Not only do I look pregnant, but I look pregnant. pregnant. I look far along that there's a gender that is being assigned to me. Oh, my goodness. I Mm -hmm. was like, okay, wow. And that was the first time that happened to me. I'm glad I said something in the moment. But I'm like, who do these people think they are that they can just come up to strangers and say that? Even if I was pregnant, I don't want you touching on my stomach. I don't know you. Right? Like, what is wrong with people?
2: Right. (laughs) Well, it's it's so interesting, too, because like how quickly. So we're talking about just like body shame specifically. But then we can go off into how does that relate to boundaries? How does that relate to relationships? How does that relate to like your needs and speaking up to those? Like it just branches off into so many different parts of our life. And, like, my brain is so, like, I don't know with that, with your experience of, like, oh, my gosh, there are so many boundary yeah. violations that yeah. just happened there. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. ah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. Right.
0: I had no idea who this woman was. And Ugh. it's just so interesting to me, like, how people, I don't know. I just, that's not something I would ever do. So I'm, like, why would somebody think right. that yeah. they could do no. that?
1: I got a sharp tongue, so she would have come back on this earth a new woman. She's, I would have been like, oh, Woo, I'm glad you said that nicely, Deletra. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I just said it
0: plainly. I just, yeah. I was in the middle of shock and, and also like, I need to say something right now. But yeah. I think it's more common than I think because I see um, – how obsessed people are on social media about pregnancy reveals and oh mm. that celebrity is pregnant she's pregnant look at her stomach you see is poking out this way and it's like no she's just bloated or she's which
2: weight. that's also interesting because i feel like pregnancy is the only time that's acceptable for a woman to be fat right but only for that nine months because right. then After that. yeah oh. <laughs> then After you gotta kick it into gear and lose everything <laughs> right yes the snapback yeah. has to be
0: so quick Ugh. and the lengths that people go through to get that snapback and yeah. some people i see you know it's just that's just a natural process for them but some of it is scary
1: <laughs> yeah But that is true, though. Like, I feel like for pregnant women, um, especially when they have like cravings, we like feed into that. We're like, oh, yeah, girl, you whatever you want, eat those pickles and ice cream, do it. And then we like, but we would shame anybody out. Like, we'd be like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're just like a fat slob who likes to eat pickles and ice cream. Like, (laughs) it's just funny how that, not funny, but it's just crazy. And then,
0: you know, there are some women that are shamed during pregnancy, like how much weight that They actually gain um, during pregnancy. Like the husband is like, all right, you better not gain
1: too much or having yeah. twins. You know, I read about um, Kim Kardashian actually. I read about okay. she she did a little. She did a little magazine interview and I usually I try not to read any of their junk, but (laughs) I they pulled out a quote from it. And she talked about how she was really ashamed when she was pregnant because she gained a lot of weight. Like she looked completely different. Um,
0: Yeah, I do remember her speaking about that. I think that's when I used to watch the Kardashians. Now I can't. I can't do it well it's over now but uh after a couple of years i was like Ooh, this is not good for me um uh, right but but even
1: but even if we look at the kardashians i mean chloe is going through her own little thing where she's like i guess she used to be the big bigger sister compared to the other ones and now she's dropping on the suede and a lot of people are really shaming her for losing all the weight wait, and getting fit and Yes, people are really shaming her because they're like you looked good before. You're just trying to look too skinny oh, now. I like, didn't see all that this nonsense. Ugh. Yeah. Can I- we just not
2: comment on everyone's bodies? Like that should just right. Be- <laughs> right? Never. Yeah. Whether whether it's the the you look good comments, I mean, that just that perpetuates this whole everything we've been talking about, too. Like, it doesn't just have to be shaming that's happening, um, but saying like, you look good. Have you been losing weight? Like, so did I
1: not look good before? Like,
2: (laughs) right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we talked about that before. We you know, we kinda said sometimes people lose weight because they're really sick. Or yes. Like, like or, or, you know, they've tried a new medication yeah. or like there's it's again, it's not always or like they're, the working out on the food. They're depressed and they're
2: not eating. Right. Like right. I mean, there's right. all kinds of things. And and right. they could
0: lose, um, in their mind too much weight. So they don't like how they mm. look now and then we're Mm-hmm. We're going against whatever perception um, they have. I, I really suggest not to ever comment on somebody's weight. If you think that there's a problem, just ask them, like, is everything okay? You feel okay? How's everything been going? But otherwise, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I mean, unless, you know, there's some extreme measures, like um, situations like an eating disorder or something like that. But you still have to be careful with the way mm-hmm. that you approach someone about that as well. Mm-hmm. um but yeah good good stuff um katie where can our guest find you to follow you and and um listen to shame rebel how can they connect yeah
2: with you? yeah so i have an instagram um i think I'm gonna look it up right now because I always get this wrong and tell the wrong information. <laughs> oh no! Um, well, so first of all, I have a website. It's shamerebelpodcast dot com, okay. and then I have two Instagrams. One is my therapy page, and one is the Shame Rebel page. Um, so Shame Rebel is is just that at Shame Rebel, and then my. Um, my therapy one is at Rainy Day Therapy LLC. Okay. Right. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So I post different content on each of those. Um, Shame Rebel is mostly the episodes and what's going on there, and then my therapy page I like to post more um, around the other topics that were listed in my intro. So. Right. Awesome. Okay. Yeah.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Katie, so much for joining us on this episode. Um, This is a topic that I've actually been wanting to talk about for a very long time. So thank you for having this discussion with us. Um, We want to thank our listeners for tuning into another episode of Nutrient Sisters. Um, Follow Katie on her Instagrams that she mentioned, shame rebel um, and rainy day therapy LLC to connect with her. Uh, Share this episode with a friend. Um, I'm sure this is a very common theme um, in some of your experiences, but experiences that we talked about, you probably had similar ones. Um, Share this so you can continue this conversation and reflect on your own experiences. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Nutrient Sisters to keep up with us um, and for some more content. And until next time, We will talk to you guys in another
2: episode.